But now go back here to verse 23. And they shall say to you, see here or see there, go not after them, nor follow them. In other words, in the last days there will be people saying, I am the Messiah, and I am the Messiah. And I, he says, you don't have to worry about that. Well, how are you going to recognize the Messiah? He says, when I come back, he says, as the lightning is from the east to the west, he says, it'll be shown. You'll see it. You see what he says there? In verse 24, for as the lightning that lighteneth out of the one part under heaven, shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. So whenever he comes back, like here, every eye will see him. He comes down to the earth, his feet will touch upon the Mount of Olives. That's in the book of Zechariah in chapter 14. So when his feet touch upon the Mount of Olives, the Mount of Olives will cleave, and there will be a great river that will run. And we believe the water from the Mediterranean will run right down into the Dead Sea, and the Dead Sea is going to come alive, and people are going to fish in the Dead Sea. Now, you've got to have imagination to see all this, but I mean, that's what God said. And so there's going to be a great big fountain that comes right up into Jerusalem, and then the water will come out. There's going to be a division there. So that's in the book of Zechariah 14. You can read that. But now note what he says in verse 25. But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. So he's telling them what they're going to do to him. He's going to be rejected by this generation. That's why the kingdom upon the earth was postponed, put out in the future. Why? Because they rejected the king. Now, in verse 26, and as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. Well, what was it like in the days of Noah? Well, there was a timeline. God had given them so many years and uh, estimated about 120 years. And then all of a sudden, it started to rain. And the water came from above, the water came from below, and just churned the whole earth. And look what he says. What did they do? They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And the flood came and, you see those three words, destroyed them all. All except those that were in the ark. So those that were in the ark were safe, but all the other ones were destroyed. You'll notice also, he says in verse 28, Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat and they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. There's nothing wrong with none of those things. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that. They were living life, paying it no attention. You know tomorrow's going to be just like yesterday. Nothing's going to happen. And that's also mentioned in the book of uh, Peter in chapter 3, where it says they just think everything continues as it was from the day of creation. No big deal. And then all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. Because the flood, boom, it happened. And all the people were destroyed. And in Sodom and Gomorrah, everything's fine. What they were doing, but the homosexuals, men with men, women with women, that's all wicked. And so God judged them. And it happened quickly. And look what he says. In verse 29, and the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven, and see those next three words, destroyed them all. Now he's going to move it on up to a period of time that's beyond us. Even thus shall it be 
in the day when the Son of Man is, and see that word revealed? You ought to underline the word revealed. Because that means he is going to be seen. And the Bible tells us in Matthew in 24, they will see him coming in clouds of glory. You see, when the rapture takes place, we're just all of a sudden, boom, we're gone. Now, there's supposed to be a trumpet sound. I wouldn't mind hearing the trumpet and then having a chance to gather my thoughts again, this is it. And if there's anybody standing by, say, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. But when he changes us, he changes us in the moment, the twinkling of an eye. But if he does it that quick and we're out of here, I didn't get the chance to hear the trumpet. There might have to be a little time in there. I don't know. And so I have a choir in mind, and I, I want to know all these things. But I'm, I'm hoping that there's a little time between the time I hear the sound and then to know this is it. What are we going to be saying or thinking in our minds when all of a sudden we're changed in a moment, twinkling, caught up out of this world? We're caught up to meet the Lord. So what happens at the rapture is not the same thing that happens over here at the revelation. This is called revelation, the revealing. This is the Son of Man coming back in power and great glory. And that was the title, see, of his kingdom age, the Son of Man, because He's the son of man, and he had a right to claim the throne of Israel because he was a man. And as the son of God, see, that's a little different. We trust Christ as our Savior because we believe Jesus is the son of God. Son of man, the Jewish term for the kingdom. So there is a difference, but if people don't always get it, it doesn't really matter too much. I just like to try to understand as much as I can about the scriptures. But now note what he says here. He says in verse 30, Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now get this. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down and take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Wait a minute. If it was the rapture, you ain't got time. Boom. You're out of there. You ain't got time to go this and do this. Wait a minute. My hair's not come. You know, the women got to go get dressed. Oh, I don't have on my makeup. And the rapture is fixed to take place. Lord, hold off just a minute, and I'm not ready. Here, they got time to do things because, see, this is during this period of time. Look what else he says. In verse 32, remember Lot's wife. You say, I never knew Lot's wife. I can never remember Lot's wife. Remember when they came out of Sodom and Gomorrah? She went with them, and the two daughters, and she was told not to do something. What did she do? She looked back. My daughter got a car, and she looked back, and back into a telephone pole. No, but you have a woman who turns into a pillar of salt because she disobeyed. He said, don't look back. You're supposed to flee into the mountains. Because you've got to have to have a safe place. So that's what I believe is the area in uh, Jordan called uh, Petra. The last year was my first time I got a chance to go there. And this time I'm going to go again. And I can't wait to go. I think uh, Jesse's going to enjoy it. And you're going to enjoy it. And uh, who else? Louis is going to go. And uh, the Kaminsky's. And so uh, it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful experience. And if you don't want to walk all the way in there, it's beautiful just to walk it. And it's a little slight 
coming out because it's a little downhill going in. And it's a couple miles. And you can't believe the sides of the walls and so forth. And uh, it's just, it's gorgeous. And it's like they call it the Rose City because it's a rose color. And on down in the bottom of it, if you ever saw the movie, the um, Indiana Jones was, they had a thing there. And you'll see it. You'll be right there. And uh, I think uh, Richard Leinhardt is still there. I think, I don't know, I'm sure about that. All right, now look what he has here in verse 31. Look in verse 31. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him not return back. Remember Lot's wife. And then he says, whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night, there shall be two men in one bed. One shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding together, one taken, the other left. Two men shall be in the field, one taken, one left. Now, so whenever somebody reads that, that's the rapture. That's the natural understanding because when they heard about the rapture, that's the rapture. So this means the rapture has to take place at the end of the tribulation period. But there's a problem. This is not the rapture. And I'll show you how I know. Remember when he said up there concerning the flood in verse 27? And the flood came and destroyed them all. And then about Sodom and Gomorrah came and last part of verse 29, destroyed them all. Well, when Christ comes back, what's going to happen to the people who have not trusted the Lord? Well, let's look at it. Isn't it important to find out, okay, one taken, one left. Where did he take them to? Well, look at verse 37. And they answered and says unto him, where, Lord? Isn't that a good question? Where did he take them? In verse 37. And he said unto them, they were taken up in the rapture to go to heaven. Is that what it said? No. Wheresoever the body is, there would the eagles be gathered together. I said, that's, that's real clear. What, what does all that mean? I'm glad you asked. But now notice, these are not going to be blessed. These are going to be destroyed. It's going to destroy them. Now, look there in chapter, let's go to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew and chapter 24. Now, notice when Christ comes back to the earth, he is going to come, as says, a uh, the light shining out of the east to the west. But notice in verse 15, verse 15. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. This means the temple has got to be rebuilt. And this is in the middle of the tribulation period because of Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. In the midst of the week, there's this last seven years. In the midst of the week would be in the middle, three and a half years. So in the middle of the tribulation period, when Israel shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, that means the holy place, the temple has to be rebuilt then. And the temple hasn't been built. We're still without a temple. So that means the rapture, if the rapture was supposed to take place in this period of time, it can't happen yet 
because the temple hasn't been built yet. So we just have to wait until a temple is built. Then we'll know we're getting close. So the Bible tells us, wait till the temple is built, and then you'll know I'm coming back soon. No. Because see, for the, us, this could happen at any time. But for them, there are timelines, and there are prophecies that will be fulfilled. See, with us, there are no prophecies to be fulfilled before the rapture of the church. Look what else he has here. You'll notice down, this is in the middle of the tribulation period, verse 15. Verse 21, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Or right, look up here. This is the seven-year tribulation period. This is the beginning, and this is the great tribulation, the last three and a half years when everything is poured out upon this earth. Satan is pouring out his wrath. God is pouring out his wrath. And Satan is trying to get all of God's, and God is getting all of Satan's. I wouldn't want to live here. I'm glad I'm not going to be here. But now, during this period of time, like he says there in verse 22, except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. Nobody left alive. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. In other words, if God doesn't come back here in time, then the world will be able to destroy all of the Jews because it's going to be the greatest move toward annihilation of the Jewish people that there's ever been. And so God is going to come back because he still needs that remnant. He's going to build his kingdom upon the earth. So there's a lot of interesting things that, that will be taking place during this period of time. Now, you go down through here and notice what he says in verse 27. This is similar to what we read over there in the book of Luke in chapter 17. Verse 27, For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Have you heard that verse anywhere before? Have you heard me read it anywhere before? Where was that? The book of Luke. Chapter 17, right? When they said, where were they taken? Where, Lord? He says, where the eagles are. There were, there were the eagles be gathered together. So where is this? When Christ comes back here in power and great glory, that's in verse 27. Then you have all these bodies that are going to be here. So he calls for the fowls of the air. So this is why, this is when there's going to be the battle of Armageddon. And cause for all the fowls of the air to come and eat the flesh of mighty men and captains and so forth and the horses and all that. And to all these buzzards and everybody's coming to have a great supper at the end of the tribulation period. So when he says, where were they taken? They were taken here, the battle of Armageddon. And he said, during the time of Noah, they were all destroyed. Time of Lot, they were all destroyed. And... Even so shall it be when the Son of Man is revealed, they're going to all be destroyed. Does that sound like the rapture? One taken, one left. One taken, one left. One taken, one left. Taken where? In the rapture? No. Taken to the battle. And they're going to be slaughtered. In other words, an illustration God gives in the book of um, uh, Revelation, he says, here's this whole earth, and it's like a, a, a vineyard. All these grapes and so God says he's going to send his angels. And they got sickles in their hand. So they go throughout the earth and they're cutting down these big old grapevines. 
and then they're going to pull these grapevines and all these grapes into this great big old valley, this great big old bowl. And that's the Valley of Jezreel. It, talking about where it's a, a tell, but it's Armageddon. And so I've been there seven times now. And there's a great big old valley. And they're going to pull them all in. And then God's going to stomp the grapes with his feet. And the blood is going to rise high. So that's mentioned. That's why whenever you put it in, you've got to put it in the right spot. If you don't, you'll have some things over here and this over here and that over there. And that. It's like having your bone work. Uh, do you realize that if um, you did not have any bones in your body, what would you be up here? Just a big old mass of flesh laying here on the floor. <laughs> you couldn't walk. You can't talk. You can't move quite because you're just a big old thing of jelly. You're just big old, just flesh. You've got to have a bone structure. Aren't you glad you got bones in your body? Because without bones, you can't walk. You can't do anything. You can lay there. You couldn't eat unless you did it by osmosis. But see, whenever you study the Bible and you, you put bone structure in, these are definite things that don't move. You put these bone structures and then, see, as you study the scripture, you hang the meat on it. Now, this, this, here, this goes here, this goes there, this goes here. And so as you study, you're getting the meat of God's word, and you're putting it together. And all of a sudden, you find out that the thing is alive. This thing makes sense. But everything has to go in its proper place. And all things have to perfectly dovetail. There's no contradictions in the Bible. So you look at that. So when you go down through here, and in verse 29... Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, stars and so forth. And then verse 30, then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see, get this, see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Will they see him coming? That's what he says. Wouldn't it be something people on the earth and they see something coming from out of space? Man, that ought to knock their socks off. And then in verse 31, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. They shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to another. Then he gives them a parable and so forth. When he makes this statement, I've heard so many people uh, put this in the wrong place. Because he says in verse 33, so likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. But it's because of that parable in verse 32. When it's Putting forth the leaves, you know that summer is nigh. In other words, there's a sign. Summer is coming. When you shall see all these things. But the Jewish people, see, they're going to be here. They will see the Antichrist in the temple in Jerusalem, claiming that he is God. And when he goes into the temple and desecrates the temple and he's going to come after the Jews, that's when he says, get out, leave nothing, go. Just get and Consider yourself worthy to escape because you listened and you heeded the word of God because there's a place for safety. Now, take your Bible and turn it back over there to the book of um, Luke in chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. Now, this is what's coming down the road. Look at verse 25. See, there's these signs that God gives to the Jewish people. During the tribulation. But he didn't give signs to the church. Remember he says the Greeks seek after wisdom. The Jews seek after a sign. Christ therefore is the wisdom of God. And uh, he is the 
one that is revealing himself as signs for the nation of Israel. And the Greeks seek after wisdom. The Jews seek a sign. So when you see these signs, this is mainly to Israel. So they will know. In verse 25, and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, means having no solutions. The sea and the waves roaring. So this is what's going to take place. And distress of nations. We're at that point right now. The world does not know what to do because all it takes is one little nut to mash one little button and start a nuclear war. And I think one of these days we're going to see a mushroom cloud somewhere. And America could be blackmailed because we love our freedom so much. We'd be glad just to be able to live with probably compromise. You know, if they could take out, say, Washington, D.C. and say, we're going to destroy the rest of America if you don't uh, take uh, religion of Islam or something like that. That'd be a, but people say, sure, sure, sure. They'll do it in a minute. You see, if people cannot serve the Lord... Without the persecution, do you think you're really going to serve the Lord with persecution? If you can't be faithful now, you're not going to be faithful later. That's why he says in the book of Jeremiah, he says, if the footmen weary thee, what are you going to do when they come after you with, on horses? I mean, if you can't take the pressure now, how are you going to take it later? Anyway, very interesting and very, very revealing. We'll have to close and continue this next class. Look up here now. This is you and me. This is sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us, but He hates our sin. And for us to pay for sin is eternal separation from the Lord. But God says He loves us. He wants us to go to heaven. But to go to heaven, we can't go the way we are. We go the way we are. We sin here. We'll sin there. So God says flesh and blood cannot inherit it. You can't go the way you are. I don't care how good you try to be. You're not good enough. That's a perfect place. If you were to go to heaven right now the way you are right now, you'd lie up there. You'd deceive up there. You'd be trying to deceive God. You'd be lying to the angels. I know a couple of men, they'd probably be chasing the angels. Now look up here. God, you can't save yourself. That's why you need a Savior. And the only way to be saved is to get a new birth. This one isn't good enough. So here is Jesus Christ. God in the flesh came into the world because he loves us, hates our sin, because it separates us from him. So Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead, and he said that if we would believe it, he would give to us as a free gift everlasting life. We would be born into God's family. And he says, as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. See, now I got something that I didn't have before. Now I'm a son of God. Here, I'm just the son of man. I'm just a flesh birth. So God didn't do anything with this one. He gave me a new birth. And this new birth, I have a new nature. The Holy Spirit indwelling me. And now that I'm a child of God and I can't sin, can't die. That's why I'm a child of God for all eternity. But God wants me to serve Him, to walk with Him. And not to walk in the flesh. He says, do not make provision for the flesh. Why would he have to tell me not to make provision for the flesh that you may fulfill in the lust thereof? Because you still have the potential of fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Because you still have it. And it means that you as a Christian, if you make provision for the flesh, 
and walk in the flesh and after the flesh and fulfill the works of the flesh, in somebody's eyes, you might be looked at as, you can't really be saved. Look how you're living. Well, wait a minute. God's the one that says that I can do all these things. But it's not His will. So Christians can defy the will of God. Don't you know and don't you believe that God wants you as His children to live a good, godly, holy life? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you believe that? Do you? All the time? Faithfully? Wouldn't it be great if we all did everything right? But we don't. That's why God says in the Word, forgiving one another. We wouldn't have to forgive one another if we didn't wrong each other, would we? And what he'd have to tell his disciples, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. It ought to be automatic, but evidently it's not automatic. Just because you're married, it's automatic that you're going to get along. It's automatic that you're not going to offend each other because if you get married, you're not going to want to hurt each other. You're not going to want to say anything that would offend each other. Right? I mean, after all, if they were my kids, my kids wouldn't do that. Boy, I could get sidetracked again. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here this morning, and maybe you have never understood this before, but I hope that what I've said will help you to get a grasp of it. If you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, see, you don't have a new birth, and you don't get to go to heaven when you die. You must be born again. You must accept Christ as your Savior. Notice I'm using the word must now. This is what you must do. You must believe that you are a sinner and that Christ died for sinners, that he paid for your sins. And if you will trust him as your Savior, he will give you everlasting life. He'll give you the free gift. Would you believe it? I'm not going to have you forward, not going to embarrass you, but right where you're sitting, if what I said made sense to you, I'd like to know it, and I'd like to have prayer for you. And I'm going to ask you if you just slip your hand in very quickly. Is there anyone that say, yes, preacher, that made sense to me, and I will trust Christ as my Savior this morning. I want to know that I'm going to heaven when I die, and I want you to pray for me. Would you slip it up very quickly and put it right back down? Anyone at all? Anyone at all? Wait just a moment. Are you sure that if you died today, you would go to heaven? If you have trusted Christ as your Savior, do you see why, yes, you can be a child of God and be obedient? And you can be disobedient. But if you're disobedient, your heavenly Father will chasten you, discipline you. He'll never cast you out and never lose you. But he may say, come on home. But if you serve the Lord, trust him. Walk with him. God will bless your life. Father, thank you so much for this time together. Bless each one for being here. We also pray, Lord, your wisdom. We seek your will. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.